everyone. Welcome to December. Hope everyone is having a great holiday season headed into the new year. Um, this is the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco. Thanks again for being a part of this journey. And I'm excited to introduce Nate Bailey as my guest today, episode 82. And Nate's done a lot of different things, but really it all leads back to his mission in life, which is to impact men and women who are ready to truly have the life they have always desired. He does that through his speaking. He's a two-time author. He's a coach. Um, He also has a podcast called the Championship Leadership Podcast. Um, I was fortunate to actually just be a guest on there. Um, So really interesting individual. Oh, by the way, he's an endurance athlete. So he runs like these 100-mile races and Ironmans and all this stuff. So he packs it all in um, and and he gets it done, which is really cool. And he's doing a lot of things uh, to impact Uh, men and women across the country across the globe so excited for you guys to meet nate if you want to check his stuff out online his website pretty simple natebaileyspeaks.com so go take a look and uh, connect with him further excited to jump to this interview so without further ado my chat today with nate bailey hey nate welcome to the podcast today thanks for joining hey you bet thank you for having me i appreciate it yeah, man, excited to, I know we connected uh, through Instagram. It's always cool to connect with other folks, kind of trying to do great things and, you know, kind of looking at your background a little bit, man, it looks like you've done a lot of cool things um, over, you know, your adult life. I'm curious to peel back the layers on some of those. And um, I'm going to go on a variety of tangents just because I want to learn more about you and kind of, you know, some of the things that make you tick. Can we start back, if it's okay, um, <laughs> we can go wherever. Yeah. Can we start back with the military? If that's okay. Yeah, Absolutely. Because I think, you know, for a lot of folks, you know, I'm big, you know, I've been following David Goggins for several years and, and just yeah. kind of his story and everything. And I know you do endurance stuff as well. So maybe there's some, we, we can kind of sidestep into that eventually. But, you know, I'm, I'm curious, a lot of the um, you know military folks I've been around, I went to college down in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So I was around a lot of folks with Fort Bragg and okay. conversations with those. And I'm always intrigued by the mindset you have to have, especially going into battle and those type of things and, and how that maybe sets you up for different things in life. So with that being a long setup, could you chat a little bit about just one, why you went in the military? Why was that important for you when you were younger? Um, and then we'll kind of go into some other stuff uh, with that, if you don't mind. Yeah, you bet. <clears throat> um, I don't have a real sexy story for why I joined the military, but um, i I joined and I joined a little bit later than most probably. I uh, I played college football and I finished my last year of football and, and still had a little time to go in school and, and was trying to figure out what to do. And I think I'd always thought about the military. And then of course, you know, in, in college, they got signs all over the place about trying to get you to come and, and, and joined the military, right? And so I was seeing those and was kind of in the space of not knowing what I was going to do and looking for a challenge. I had some family members that were that were in the military as well, and uh, and so and they were and they were providing a, a, a pretty good um, stipend for like 100% tuition uh, for college and, and living expenses. And I was kind of broke college student. Right. And so that appealed to me too. And and really it was a little bit more of like the challenge of it to see if I had what it took to, to do that. So that's kind of really how I ended up doing it. It wasn't like this lifelong dream of myself becoming a soldier or anything like that. But, um, yeah, for where I was at in life, that's kind of how I fell into it. 
Well, so going back now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, now I'm gonna go backwards. So you went, you played football. What position did you play? I played tight end in college, okay. primarily. Yeah. Okay. Were, yeah. Was that something? I mean, did you play that all? Like, was that the only thing you played? Did you play a lot of sports growing up? Or you? I mean, obviously you're pretty athletic in terms of what you've done with the, like endurance and these races and stuff. But is there anything else you're, you know, growing up that you did besides football? Yeah, growing up. For you? I mean, I did it all growing up. Um, I played four sports in high school. We had. We had summer baseball, so I was able to play actually four sports because um, we had four different seasons. So we really didn't have a season off um, where I went to high school because it was way up in northern Wisconsin. And it was, uh, you know, it's in March and April when most people are playing spring baseball for high school. It, it's still kind of snowy and cold and conditions aren't great. So they had a, a summer league, uh, high school summer league. And, um, and so, yeah, I played four sports uh, I, like I was always outside I was always active I was always doing something uh, related to sports yeah so I'm curious too and especially now with what you're doing with a lot of coaching do you remember were there coaches that you had from a sports standpoint or otherwise that impacted how you and again I know I'm jumping around because I always do this but oh, like that are impacting you kind of from a coaching standpoint today like were there coaches back then that had a really impact on your life both maybe when you went to college or why you went to that specific college or um, or even stuff after that I'm curious I'm, I'm always interested in, in those mentors growing up that may have changed your life for the better yeah I mean I, I have one coach from high school in particular. He was uh, he was actually our baseball coach and our uh, basketball coach. Um, he coached both the sports, and uh, he was kind of he was a it was a love hate relationship with that guy. He was an old school dude, and uh, sometimes he'd really get on top of you, and it, it was it was some it was frustrating. But it, you know, at other times, like he really kind of embraced you and and uh, showed a lot of love in his own way, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I always remember him, uh, Tom Armstrong and, um, senior actually his son now is the baseball coach, uh, Tom jr. But, um, and then, you know, I had a, a physical education teacher actually that I think he had done some coaching before, um, before I was in high school, but he was kind of older and getting ready to retire. And, but he kind of took me under his wing too, a little bit and, and I would golf with him in the summers, early in the morning, and and uh, you could tell he just kind of would take an interest in certain students and and really just kind of talk about life more than anything. And so, you know, some of, those are some of the the coaches I remember. I got one one other coach in college that um, he was just a he was just a great coach, and uh, he's that was at the Division three level. Now he's at Division coaching in the Division one level football and and uh, you could just tell that he was really a special coach a special leader and uh so it's not surprising today to see where he is at um and so you always you you know when you're around people like that you just you kind of know when you're around greatness i guess is what i'm trying to say and mm -hmm. uh, or someone that's really got something special and so you i think you tune in a little bit more and you pay attention and you observe a little bit more about what they do, how they, how they do it, what they say, how they say it, and how they operate. And uh, hopefully hopefully, I've, I've taken some of those things that I've learned along the way and to implement into my own life, and, yeah. and especially as a coach myself for other men and women, business owners, uh, entrepreneurs. So. Yeah, and it's always interesting too. Again, a lot of those things, sometimes my brother and I were talking about this the other day, is sometimes you don't realize the impact that some of those 
older folks, if you will, for lack of a better phrase, right, that have on you until you're older or you're later in life and like, man, that really impacted me in a, in a good way. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious about this. It seems like there's a pattern of leadership with your life, right? Yeah. So, and I don't know, maybe this totally. goes back to some stuff, but, you know, with, with even sports and you might be able to touch on that, but with the, with the military, it seemed like, you know, when you were on tours, you were in charge of, you know, some, some various groups of soldiers. It seems like some businesses, right? You were the, started some businesses kind of lead. Now you're doing coach. It, it, is that something that's been always um, kind of innate in you or something that was maybe tougher to grasp onto, but you, you finally like, okay, maybe this is who I am. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's always been, inside I guess you would say um I've, I've always gravitated towards these leadership roles um in the military I, I enlisted originally and then I went uh I went to basic training was what what they call split options so I went to basic training because I was in college at the time and then I was set to go the next summer after the next school year to uh to my AIT to learn my my job or my skill for the army, and uh, in that break in between, I, I found out about OCS and which is officer candidate school to become an officer, and uh, yeah, just the idea of being a leader in uh, an officer in the army it's just like uh, definitely pulled me in that direction, and so that's what I did. You know, growing up in in athletics, like I was a captain of the football team, baseball team, basketball team, you know, I was just captain of the teams that I, different teams that I played on, um, yet coached high school, college level, uh, football and basketball. Um, and when I was in the insurance industry, yeah, I mean, I was on some different leadership. I always wanted to be a part of helping the, the group or the association or the team that I was a part of. Um, I guess you'd say from the front, help them grow. And, and get a little bit better. So yeah, I've, I've definitely always just had that in me. I don't know exactly where it comes from, um, but I think just some people really, you know, they they want to lead and or they felt guided to lead, and others that are okay not right. And you need both. You need you need great followers. And you need great leaders. I, I believe I can also be a, an excellent follower as well, which I think is an important piece to being a great leader. Yeah, that's when you were in the military and kind of you know on a tour and stuff. How did you keep everyone's mindset like? Were because I gotta imagine that's gotta be a tough like environment to be in. How do you keep the motivation going there, <clears throat> making sure people, everyone like knows like, hey, we're I know we're here for this mission, like here's what we're doing, but to keep that positive mindset, because I'm sure you can sink into negativity pretty easily. Yeah. So well, when when I was deployed, I was a platoon leader. Um, you know, we had like 42 guys in our platoon. Um, we were stationed in Kuwait. So, you know, as far as it was, it was a fairly safe, uh, deployment. Um, but at the same time, <clears throat> you know, what the job we were doing, we were doing camp security. So people coming on and off the base, you know, to work or to, um, whether it was soldiers or what they called TCNs, third country nationals that would come in kind of like contractors to help to run the base and operate the base. And so we had to search vehicles and, and check people in and out of the, of the camp. And so it was definitely an important job. And, uh, and so, you know, for me, as far as just keeping everybody focused and, and uh, moving in the right direction and, and, you know, training and, and uh, health and well-being and, I just really spent a lot of time with the guys in my platoon and really tried to get to know them. Like we were together for 15 months, almost 24 seven. And so, uh, 
you know, it's a long time to be around uh, the same people. And uh, so, so, you know, you just try and keep it fresh and, and really get to know people on a personal level. And, and uh, I think that goes a long ways and it. And I believe it did for me and for the platoon and for <clears throat> the time that we were away from home for, you know, like I said, 15 plus months. So when you transition out of the military, like I know you, I think you went into some insurance, right? Was that always your plan or was that just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I'm going to go sell insurance. Like what was that self-talk when you were leaving the military? Like, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Well, so I was in the army national guard. And so I, um, I was in the insurance business while I was in the army national guard and then we got deployed. Right. So, so I had to take a break from that business. I was, I was pretty new into the insurance business at the time, about a year and a half, two years, maybe. And then put your business on hold, be deployed for about 15 months and then come back and then transition back into um, trying to run a business. Because again, I think going back to always being drawn to be a leader, I think led me to want to be an entrepreneur too, right? Like I want to, I want to run my own office, uh, business. I want to be a business owner. I don't necessarily want someone else telling me what to do and where to be and when. And um and so, you know, coming out of deployment, transitioning back, the transition back was for me, was a little bit tough. I, I can look back and say I didn't handle it very well. I'm not super proud of how I handled it. But when you're gone for, for that long, at least myself, just looking back, a lot of times when you're there, you, you're thinking about what you're going to do when you get home or what you're missing out on. And uh, we didn't have kids at the time. I was married, but um, still am married. But, but uh you know, I was still just a little bit young and uh, immature, I guess you'd say. And, and so I'm not proud about how I transitioned back, but I didn't really know better. You know, now if I could come back and, and tell, tell myself a few things about how to handle coming back from deployment, I would have. But, uh, but yeah, I would kind of just dove right back into, you know, this business and trying to build that and, and uh, didn't spend a lot of time reconnecting with my wife like I should have. Um, but I didn't really see that I needed to do that. Right. And then I, and then I would also like, I just kept moving. Right. I want, I, I would, I, was, I went and coached and run a business. And then I started a, a CrossFit gym. Right. So I had all these things going on and it was just a, a little bit of chaos on the inside and maybe didn't look so much from the outside, but, but uh, yeah. Overwhelmed. Did, did you have that self-reflection like in a short period of time after that? Like, God, I didn't do this as well. Or was it like, years later where you look back and like, man, I really, you know, I have that up. I should have done a lot better. Like what, how long was it before you had that kind of self-awareness of, of that time? Yeah. I don't think I really truly realized it or owned it if you would um, until probably, probably like eight, eight years later or something like that, you know, and things really weren't uh, well in my marriage and we started to have kids. And if you, if you have kids, you know, that, kids kind of just amplify what's going on in your marriage. Usually like it, it doesn't make it easier is what I'm trying to say. So, um, so yeah, just looking back and getting to a point where I'm like, man, this isn't what I want. This isn't what I thought life would be. And I don't, and so that's kind of how, what got me into the coaching game is I, I started looking for other coaches for myself to, to help me get on a different path. And so invested heavily into myself and then kind of learned this whole, that there's this world of coaching out there that I didn't really even know about. Um, and then once I got into it and I went to work on myself and, and started to get my life 
back in order how, how I wanted to. And then that's, I think, kind of a long, that's when the process of the reflection started to happen to and started to look back. And because I think when it could be t- a tendency for people when things aren't going well, whether it's in your marriage, it's in your health, it's in your business or whatever, a lot of times we want to blame others and we want to point, point the finger outwards. And then, um, you know, it takes a lot for a person to actually see and realize that a lot of that is actually on them. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's the process that I went through personally. And, and I think it's a process that, that you really need to, in order for you to get to a good place in life is to, uh, to do that. Yeah, and it's interesting. You and I seem to have similar in terms of like the kind of almost that I don't want to use the word awakening, but I guess I will. It kind of like you figure like, oh, but wait a minute, something's got to change here. Was there like one glaring moment that made the kind of a switch happen? Or was it just a series of events over time where you're like, I got to seek out people to help me. I got to look at things in a different light. Like how did it happen for you? Um, or what were some of maybe the signs that could help other people to maybe look at their life and say, Hey, maybe if things aren't right, here's some things you can do to maybe get on a better path. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit interesting at first, you know, I first invested into some coaching in my CrossFit business to help to get that going. And actually at the time for, for me, it was a lot of money. And now I look back compared to some of the other investments I've made, it really was just the starter. Right. And, um, but it opened me to, hey, you can actually go out and find other people that could help you in your business. And I, at that and at that time, I still wasn't really thinking personally, right, that you could go and do that as well. <clears throat> I don't know. It's kind of like some people who, like I've gone to four or five different marriage retreats with my wife in the last four and a half years. And this that's really four and a half, almost five years ago when this, this time of investing in myself and really getting myself back on track started. Um, you know, before that, I would hear marriage retreat and think, well, I'm not going there. Like, you know, that's for people that have problems with their marriage, right? Or that it's this negative thing. And now it's just like, I look forward to it. It's a great weekend to reconnect. And um, and so when I invested into my business, that opened my eyes to the, like, you could do that in your personal life as well. And, and it really just happened by accident. Um, I came across an ad on Facebook and and uh, this guy's marketing was incredible and and sucked me in if you will and it was exactly what i needed at that time uh, to really get my life back on track not just my business so and i, and I want to get into that from, from your coaching standpoint what you learned and then what you're obviously helping others with a couple things you mentioned there you know you mentioned you and your wife go on this retreat which is awesome is there anything else you guys do um kind of in your marriage or as a couple to get time away like do you schedule out time away do you you know, do you make sure, Hey, we have a date night this like, I'm curious if, you know, I look back at my marriage that I'm out of now, but, uh, you know, I look back and I think, man, what could I have done different? Right. What are some things that you know could have been done different myself or we as a, as a couple? Um, so I'm curious if there's anything you'd share. Cause I think that support system is huge to probably your development of where you're at today. Right. Yeah. Having your wife there and being supportive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's challenging, uh, with, three kids, you know, they're 11, nine and seven right now. So five years ago, they were, you know, very young at the time. Right. Um, and they still are fairly young, but it, the, the time goes fast. So it's, it is hard. And a lot of people will use that as an excuse. And from some time to time, we kind of use that excuse as well that could stop you from, from doing that. But it's, it is so important to, to be intentional about that. Yeah. To plan it out. Um, you know, even if it's, you know, 
four days away a year or something like that. It's, it's so important to just have that time together and to, to, to get away from the kids, right? You love our kids to death, but it's important for them, for us to show up like for the best fought dad mom that they deserve for us to get away and take that time so that we can come back and, and, and be those for our kids. And then also like date nights. Yeah. Get creative. It's definitely important. Um, try to get out weekly. Um, and sometimes it doesn't mean getting out. Sometimes it might just mean like some real intentional time at home, you know, if we can't, cause it, it's, it's, it's tough to find somebody that, that, uh, I can watch the kids and uh, especially three kids that are, that can be handfuls at, 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 uh, at certain times. And so, yeah, it's, uh, but it's important. It's so important. And a lot of people don't, and that's, that's where marriages die because they quit focusing on themselves and they focus, they, they make their kids their life or, or a TV show over their marriage. Right. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. And I got to imagine you yeah, having three. I have one at seven. So three has got to be whew, yeah, challenge, yeah, challenging in that you know, age. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, you know, it's it's not easy. It's fun, though, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Keeps you, keeps you on your toes. Um, so let's talk about, because one of the things with coaching and kind of as a side note, I guess. So I, I noticed, um, why did you decide, and maybe give me the time span of, of writing um, books, right? how did that, did that, was that prior to starting coaching? Was that in line when you were starting coaching business? Give, give me an idea of that. And then we'll yeah, lead on that path. It was, uh, I think I wrote my first book in 2016, I believe like early, like January, February. And then I wrote another one basically a year later. And then I just wrote, uh, my latest one, the hundred, one, 100 mile mindset just this last year. Um, so I guess almost a book a year. Um, but you know, I mean, I just, I just started, you know, a big piece of investing myself coaching is just realizing that, you know, you got to You got to move. You got to, if you want, if there's something that you want to do, you figure out how to do it. And then you just, you just move. Like I could look at my first book, horrible book, right? Like, I mean, it, but it was great for where I was at. And, uh, and I just started, it was like 60 pages. I mean, it was short, right. And probably double spaced and like big font, something like that. But, uh, and then the second book was a little bit different. It was like a 90 day planner with, with, uh, with probably 70 to 80 pages of, of book content in the beginning called live your legacy or live a legacy. And, um, and then this past one was just basically around, you know, I ran a hundred miles and, and there was, uh, failed a few times along the way. And just took all the lessons that I had learned throughout that experience and put that into a book. And so I've, I've continued to see myself get better. But most people will, I hear, you hear a lot of people, for instance, say that, you know, they want to write a book or they've been thinking about writing a book for a long time, but they just don't because they don't think that they're worthy. They don't think that uh, they're ready. Uh, and so they just never do it. And then it just never gets done. So I was the opposite of that. I just, uh, I just uh, decided I, I wanted to do it. And I knew, you know, there were other people in my life at this, at that time too, that were writing books. And, and, uh, I think it's a way, especially as a coach to, to get what we call some of that celebrity expert authority status. Um, when people hear that you have a book, even though, I mean, literally anyone can write a book. Um, it gives you a little bit of, uh, an authority status, um, that you know what you're talking about. 
Yeah, and I agree. I mean, I, well, I think part of it too is that you've actually, you know, as a coach, you want to go to a coach that's actually had experiences and have, has been successful, but also has failed a ton and be able to share those and help you out. If someone hasn't done anything, why would you get advice from them? Like, it's like, yeah. well, wait, you never wrote the book. Like, you, okay, why didn't, you know, like, like I think the, the fact that you actually went through, you know, I'm writing my first children's book right now and cool. it's almost completed. And just the process of going through like self-publishing and all that other jazz, yeah. like it's, yeah. it's a, it's a lot more than people think. So kudos to you for getting, you know, your third one out. Um, how long was it between thinking about, Hey, I'm going to do this. And then writing that first book, what was the, the Delta time <laughs> between there? I probably did that first one in like two months. Okay. Uh, I did, I literally decided I was going to do it. And then I picked the day, um, that I was going to have it done by and just like gave myself a time constraint. And then I think I might even made a post. So it was kind of like, you know, all right, now I have to go and do it. Right. And so I did it really quick and, and I was super intentional about it. I, I would try and write a little bit every day. Um, I figured it out all on my own. Um, there's plenty of resources out there, right? Like Dr. Google is pretty smart. So you just go to Google and, and, uh, you know, type in how to write a book and uh, self-publish it. Just like you're talking about going through that process, you know, got a design, found some editors, uh, you know, just kind of figured it out, figured out how to post it to Amazon and, and uh, how to get it printed and, and all that stuff. And, and uh, yeah, it was a awesome process. Yeah. Well, so what, and, and we don't, we don't have to dive in those too much, but one of the things you wrote about, at least I saw in, in correct me on this, but is the, the living the leg, legacy lifestyle. What do yeah. you mean by, what do you mean by that? What are, what can folks take away from that? Yeah. So yeah, my second book is called, the first one's like nine pillars to leading a legacy lifestyle, I believe. And then, uh, and then my, my second book was kind of a follow-up of that of living a legacy and uh, so I think the concept of that is anytime I've heard people talk about legacy is more of like leaving a legacy, right? Building up and, and more, more often than not, most people talk financially, right? To leave this nest egg or this, this amount of money that, that you can leave uh, to those that are behind, right? That are still living. And, and so I want to, uh, you know, I'm all about like living a legacy, not just living a life to leave one, but but to enjoy that journey along the way, especially through all the different physical endurance events that I've done, especially over the last four and a half years. Um, you know, you realize that the culmination of the event really isn't, doesn't compare to all the preparation and the journey and the experiences along the way that got you there. And so I think that's where, you know, I really focus more on living, living the legacy and living each day in, you know, yes, you're going to still build and leave a great legacy for others and not just financially, but in all four areas of life, like, you know, be a great example to my kids, um, on, you know, how to live and how to be a man and, and how to be a parent, how to be a spouse, um, you know, how to, how to do that while providing, you know, how, how to, how I also took care of my body and how important that is to lead that example for them as well. And all those things, um, are part of your legacy. And so I want to not just leave it, but live it yeah, every day. No, that's awesome. And so let's talk about coaching a little bit then. Why, why coaching? You could have done something else or, you know, you could have, yeah, I know you do speaking as well. Like, why did you decide like, Hey, this is really who I am. This, I, this is how I want to impact the world. Why was that the path for you? 
Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, and it's not easy and it's not as sexy as sometimes it, it looks in the beginning too. But um, I don't know. You know, when I first got into this world, again, investing in myself and, and seeing some of the other coaches that were helping me, I was like, I, it's kind of like comes back to the conversation of why I've become a leader in so many different situations. I could just, I just kind of knew that that's what I wanted to do. And um, it just, just making that impact on others and helping others to get to a different place in their life. Just very fulfilling, very rewarding, especially compared to what I was doing at the time, which was, you know, running a full-time insurance brokerage and I'm just not passionate about insurance, right? Never was. And uh, I think I knew that probably it wasn't going to be something I would do my entire life, although I was good at it and successful at it. Um, and so, yeah, I was just, uh, you know, I just kind of saw some of the others that were making an impact on me and, and I wanted to do that for others. And so that was kind of, you know, how I just, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And, uh, it's, it's been great. Yeah, again, you know, it's challenging. It's, it's hard. It's difficult. Uh, it's kind of like any business, right? Like chiropractors, they go to school so they can be a chiropractor, but then they come out and they realize they actually have to run a business and go get clients. And they're like, Whoa, no, like no one told me about this. Like I thought I could just open my doors and like do good. And uh, kind of, you know, coaching is the same deal, right? You got to, you got to market and you got to communicate a message constantly. That's why I do the books. That's why I have the podcast. Um, you know, that's why I come on podcasts like, like yours to, to hopefully spread that message and spread that word a little bit. But, um, but yeah, that's, you know, you got to go find the clients too. They don't just open their wallets and say like, help. Well, that'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be lovely. But yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. How, how, how do you go about, so obviously you talk about some of the ways, right? Writing the books, you know, being on podcasts, having a podcast, great ways. Are there anything else, anything else that you've done to kind of scale the business over, you know, the last little bit um, to maybe, and maybe it's, I don't know if it's locally in your area. Like, are you doing a lot of remote um, uh, coaching? Is it more local, you know, in-person stuff? What, tell me a little about that. And, and maybe the clientele you generally work with. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I work, uh, I'm partnered with uh, a good friend of mine, Satem and Ali, and um, we do events out of California. We, we It's called Immersion. Uh, we work with men and uh, women entrepreneurs. We have a program for men, and then we have a program for women. We actually have an Immersion coming up uh, next week in California. It's a four-day event, and it's a little bit of a high ticket. So at this point, you know, I mean, we're running ads, right? And uh and we're marketing through social media. And then, of course, we, we do a lot of uh, just social posts ourselves, letting people know what we do. Um, a lot of referrals from clients. And it's just a lot of conversations. And, yeah, just like you got to continue to uh, communicate the message, not always just selling people, but like really hopefully creating value by, you know, by the message that we put out there, a lot of free content and uh, to let people know what we do and that we know that we, what we're doing, we know what we're talking about. And so that they can know that like, we're really good at what we do. And, but yeah, these immersion experiences are awesome. They come to California. We kind of, we kind of mix in some of the endurance, extreme endurance seal fit type stuff that I've done or the military background and like physically kind of break them down a little bit. And then, uh, it's a powerful experience. And then we have a, a year long program that, that comes out of that. Right. So they come to that experience and a lot of them end up staying, staying with us for a year after that. So that's kind of our model and, and how we get the clients. 
But it's a little bit of everything. Speaking is a big one. A lot of people see us speak and, and then they'll want to be a part of our world. And, and so with, the, with these folks that are trying to work, because again, we're, you know, from entrepreneurship, there's a wide range of folks that are just getting into it. Like they want to do their own thing. Um, and then others that have been successful or, or at least been trying for a lot of years. Do you work with all types then of folks um, kind of on that realm? Or is it more early stage entrepreneurs or people that are in their business and looking to go to the next step? Anyone in I would say most, most, most of the men and the women that come have established businesses are, are successful, uh, you know, maybe, or they've had success and they're kind of stuck or maybe they had success at one point and now they're in a little bit of a slump um, because we do coach kind of in all, all four, four areas of life. A lot of times they'll come and business isn't necessarily the issue. Maybe it's relationships or it's, uh, you know, physicality, right? They're just like, they, they kind of lost who they are and they're just in a, in a rut in life and they don't know how to get out of it or, or, you know, they just, they don't want to spend all the time trying to get themselves out. They'd rather find somebody like us that can help them get out of that faster. Right. Um, and, and it's not, you know, it's like a $7,500 ticket, so it's not cheap. And so that kind of helps define who we're going to work with. Right. Because for, for someone, to you know, pay to fly to California, to pay for their room, to pay for tuition, to to come and change their life. Financially, they're probably in a pretty decent spot where they can invest in themselves to do that. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, so so that kind of defines the the type of business owners that we're working with. Um, not to you know, but not to say that there aren't some that you know that seventy five hundred dollars is like holy cows. I I don't know how I'm going to do it but because they believe in what we do, they go find a way. So that happens too. And some, some of those might be a little bit um, earlier in their business um, career. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's important for any business to know like, hey, this is my kind of niche I'm going after. This is my market. And there's certainly people on, on either side of it, but not try to just expose themselves to everyone because everyone's not a fit and that's okay as well. Yeah, right. Um, how important, I want to make sure before we, uh, and I want to talk about health and fitness because I think all of this wraps up into that, right? If you have the energy every day, if you have that mindset, right, that's going to help you crush your business or be greater at relationships or whatever. How important has, this is a really just, I guess, high level question, but how important has fitness been to your entire life? Like the day in, day out um, from energy to how you feel to um, maybe sleep, those type of things. How has it been impactful to you? It's been, uh, it's been huge. It's, you know, there was a point there probably shortly after I returned from deployment in 2006 to basically 2000, really 2012, I, I, I decided that, Hey, I really needed to do something again. I had kids and I was extremely fat and out of shape. Like one day I remember bending over to tie my shoes and I was out of breath and I was like, what the heck just happened? And, uh, it was crazy. But from the inside, you don't see yourself as that person. Now I look back at some of the photos. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, Holy cows. I was, you know, I was almost 300 pounds. And, um, and I still saw myself as like this lean, mean fit football player from college. Right. And I was far from that. Um, and so, yeah, there was a, there was a good chunk of time where I really kind of let it go. And uh, but now, you know, running 100 miles, doing seal fit coral 52 plus hour straight through event, no sleep. Those these types of long extreme endurance events, like 
number one, you got to work out every day. Um, sleep is extremely important. Nutrition is probably almost the most important. And, uh, and then that all just helps me. Like the reason I go for these events, number one, yeah, to help me find out who I am as a person and what I'm capable of mentally too. But also it gives me something to really focus on so that I, so that I do make sleep, nutrition, and working out a priority. Um, when I have these big goals uh, I'm, I'm striving for, it, you know, I don't have a choice but to do that. And I want to be that person uh, because I want to be that person for my kids. I want to be that example to my kids to show them you know, that it's important to take care of your body and your health. Was that the change for you tying, going over and tying your shoe and you're like, holy crap, what I can't do. Or like, like was there something other than something else that clicked as well? It's just like, this is ridiculous, dude. Yeah. I mean that, that was, that was right. At, that was a pretty big moment. Like remembering that and like, holy cow. I never even thought that that was a thing until that happened. And I was like, Oh dude, this is not good. So yeah, that was a big one. And then I think the other piece was probably just, uh, you know, having young kids and, and I don't want to be, um, you know, you don't want to be the parent that's like, Hey, it's important to work out and, and, uh, like do, do as I say, not as I do type person. Plus I want to, I want to be healthy. And, and I knew the importance, like if I didn't do something, I wasn't going to be a, around long-term and, you know, I want to not only be there for my kids, I want to be there for their kids as a grandparent and, and to be able to experience that as well. And, uh, and so I think it was just a big culmination of like, all right, it's enough is enough. Yeah. Well, and it seems like, the, you know, you've had these moments a couple times in your life where it's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I got to kind of kick myself into gear. And, and a lot of that comes down again, we can talk, we probably spent a whole podcast episode talking about health and fitness, right? Cause that's a huge part of my life, but the mindset around, you know, you, you have to convince yourself, this is what I want to do. And sometimes you have to convince yourself a lot, you know, each and every day or, you know, every few weeks or so, it's not just like all of a sudden it's there. Um, so with that, <laughs> you could have just like done CrossFit, it was what I do and stuff like that, but you decided to do these endurance like races. Why, why would you do that? <laughs> what was the thought process behind, oh my God, I'm going to run a hundred plus miles or even more? Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of did start in the CrossFit arena and that's what kind of got me back on track. And then, um, I don't know. Again, I think it's just, uh, I'm just kind of pulled towards those type of events, like just extreme. Um, you know, there's not a lot of people that are even willing to show up you know, or let alone even sign up for stuff like that. And then I, I just, I'm very intrigued. You talked about Goggins, right? Like going into seal fit Kokoro, I read living with a seal because, um, you know, we were going to seal fit Kokoro where it, this event that was going to be led by seals. And uh, that book came out like just before I was going to this event. So I read in the book, they don't talk about it being Goggins, right? They just call him Seal, uh, Jesse Itler, Itzler's yep. book. And it was just awesome. And then, uh, and then, so I come to find out shortly after that who Goggins was. And this was a few years really before he really became big with his book, uh, Can't Hurt Me. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of what Goggins talks about is the same reason that I'm kind of drawn towards that is to see what I'm truly capable of. And, and, uh, to see, it's just awesome to see what the body really truly can do. And, uh, I think it just, for me, especially it overflows in everything else. Like when I'm doing those, these types of events, when I'm training this way, like it just overflows in, 
impacts and lifts up all the other areas of my life at the same time. So hmm. one is so let's say if you did a hundred mile race and, and I don't know if there's a right answer to this, but like at what point does it turn from like, yeah, this is a nice little run. Like I'm okay to like, <laughs> Holy crap. All right. I'm in this for a long haul. You got to buckle down. Like, is there a point, like, is it at the marathon uh, distance? Is it after like, yeah, oh, I'm curious about that because I've never, you know, I, I don't know the most I've ran in my life. I think is like 10 miles at one time. But. Yeah, which is a long time, which is a long well, and, uh, compared to 100, it seems yeah, like a, uh, you know, walk around the block. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what I've learned and for me, and it's probably a little bit different for everyone, but I bet it's probably pretty close for most is the race really doesn't start until like 75 miles in. <laughs> like that's that's where you like you just begin because that's you know it's kind of crazy to think you you got a marathon to go but after you run 75 you feel like you're almost done but you, you're not really like you still have those last 25 miles you know they it, it, it takes worse I would say you know I was really looking forward to mile 90 because I was like you know 10 miles ago it's it's you know you're, you're pretty much done well those last 10 miles were were probably some of the hardest miles I had um, in the hundred mile run. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I attempted it the first time and I made it a hundred kilometers, about 64 miles. And we just missed the time cutoff. We, we thought we had time and we realized that we were wrong. And so they kicked us off the course. Um, and then I went about a month and a half later and by myself to Cleveland and I made it to about 75.6 miles and my body really just kind of stopped working. Like I wasn't able to go any further. And so, uh, so then I, the third and final attempt last year in Salt Lake city in the Pony Express 100, I, I made it the whole hundred miles and, um, and yeah, it's, uh, like I say, 75 miles is kind of like the buy-in. Like if you think of CrossFit terms is like your yeah. buy-in to the actual event. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty insane. What would you, I mean, obviously you had a unique journey with a lot of stuff you've done and sometimes whittling it down into one quote or a piece of advice that, you know, kind of you've taken throughout your life. What would you share with the listeners? Maybe something that could help them on their own journey. Um, whether it's, again, maybe it's a quote you live by, maybe it's something that, you, know, you kind of take with you day in and day out as a, as a piece of advice to keep you going. Anything you'd share? Yeah, well, I think I would normally probably say something like uh, just, just, you know, every single day, make sure you're doing the work, right? Just get up and, and do what's required every single day. But, you know, when you said a quote, like I'm, I'm a big fan of Man in the Arena by Theodore Roosevelt, which I think is really a lot of that. It's just being the man in the arena. It's, you know, plenty of people in the stands, armchair quarterbacks, eating popcorn, drinking their Diet Coke or their beer and, and telling you how you're doing it wrong. And yet they're not willing to step into the arena. So for me, like just show up every single day and, and do the work or do what's required. Do something that's going to move you forward is exactly that. It's choosing to be that man in the arena. It's not about falling down. It's not about your failures. Um, you know, there's going to be triumphs along the way, you know, the blood, sweat, dust and, and tears, like just that, that whole, uh, if you, if you're not familiar with it, like go check it out. It's an incredible speech basically, or, or talk. I don't, it's not really a quote. I guess it's kind of a quote. I don't know what to call it, but it's, it's uh, titled man in the arena and, uh, it exemplifies everything that I try to live every day. That's awesome. Nate, where can everyone find you online? 
Yeah, the easiest place would be to just go to natebaileyspeaks.com. That's my website. I've got my, uh, I have two different podcasts, you know, blog, books, speaking events, things like that. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram as well at Coach Nate Bailey. Man, this was fun. I know we jumped around a ton, which I normally do, but like I said, you know, the whole point of just get started is just to really, you know, expose a lot of folks like yourself that are taking that leap of faith, kind of gambling on themselves to do things that are making them fulfilled in life. So I really appreciate you being on the podcast, sharing your journey, and hopefully it'll be some good takeaways for everyone uh, listening in. So thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Had a great time. Appreciate it. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that episode and look forward to having you in the next one. And if I could make one ask of the community, if you did enjoy this one or others, please head over to iTunes, leave me a quick review, give me a rating, let me know how I'm doing. It also gives a chance for this podcast to get bubbled up to more people, more exposure on it, and hopefully help other people on their journeys kind of get to that next level. And go check me out online. BrianAndraco.com is the website. Um, I have the podcast there, blog. I even have a now page to kind of keep people up to speed in the last couple months, what's going on in my world. Um, At worst, it allows my mom to keep tabs on me and make sure I'm doing okay. And feel free to connect with me on Instagram or Twitter, at BrianAndraco. Send me a DM. Let me know how you guys are doing, a little bit about your journey. I love to connect with new people and kind of hear what's making them passionate and motivated to reach fulfillment in their life. So I thank you guys again for listening in. I hope you have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.